Greetings, fellow visitors. This is Upgrade Terminal, a monolith fancast. I'm Malachi. And I'm Nick. Welcome back to the facility. Today, we're going to be talking about a few of the mechanics that we appreciate, as well as a few that we'd like to see added in the future. But before we get to that, Nick, what's something nice that's happened to you this week? Well, I'm not sure if nice is the best term for this, but uh, one of my odd little interests that I have is that I actually quite enjoy uh, seeing what seeing what the old school Doom community is up to some days. Mm. It's it's strange, but they just do a lot of interesting things. And I recently watched a video from one of my from a YouTuber that I follow who does Doom things about a cool relative a cool relatively new Doom mod. Mm -hmm. It's called My House, and it starts as this you know very you know innocent looking, just like oh it's a house and there's like you know enemies and you have to like you know defeat them. Mm -hmm. And then as you slowly progress and you collect items, you start to realize, wait, there's the geometry of this house is a bit impossible. Oh, that sounds creepy. Oh, wait, I can walk into a mirror and into a mirrored version of the house <laughs> and everything is backwards. And oh, wait. Doors are disappearing behind me and being replaced with other rooms. And it just keeps going from there. And it is, it has been such a delight to see a work that is so creative and so interesting and so different from all of the other things you usually see. That Doom mod sounds pretty terrifying. Oh, it's super creepy, but it's very well made. But that's enough of that. Uh, how about you? Well... I have had a relatively quiet week, but a moment mm -hmm. I very much appreciated that I can tell you about. Uh, Nick, you already know that my old office was destroyed by an arsonist. We won't get into the details mm -hmm. of that. Um, but uh, early this year, I found myself uprooted and moved to a brand new office. And it was more in the city. Uh, and I wasn't as excited about that. It was far away from where I needed to be a lot of times for work. But there was a little island and a little pond out behind this this office. And the more I looked out the window, the more I realized that there's a lot of animals there. And so it's been really enjoyable mm -hmm. to see uh, rabbits and deer and falcons and all sorts of animals that I wouldn't expect to see right in the middle of a town. They're out there mm -hmm. living their lives. And uh, it's very therapeutic. And today was no exception because I was in the middle of working and I looked out and right in a beautiful beam of sunlight, there was a mother duck with her little mm -hmm. ducklings and they were sleeping in the sunlight. And it was one of the cutest things I've ever seen. And it just made me feel, uh, I just felt a bunch of stress I was feeling just melt away as I spent a few <laughs> moments looking at this, this mother duck mm -hmm. and her ducklings. I'm going to send you an image here. Oh, that I'll link in the show oh. notes. Yes, it's this kind of duck. It's called a wood duck. They're very, very pretty. And uh, yeah, mm -hmm. that was it was just this tiny moment this week. But it 
it uh, it really cheered me up. Just basking in the in the peace and quiet of this beautiful little moment. Yeah, that that mama duck. She had no emails to write. Mm. She had no deadlines to meet. <laughs> she was just out there living life with her babies. Made me a little mm. a little envious. But unlike the ducks, we get to record a podcast episode together, and I think that's a pretty neat thing we get <laughs> it to is. do. It is. Well, let's yeah, let's move on and talk about some of the mechanics we enjoy in Mama. Mm -hmm. um, I can start uh, and tell you a little bit about the the health system in Monolith. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I believe it was inspired directly by Downwell. I think the de the developers in Team D13 have mentioned this. I played that game for a very long time before I realized that there was, you know, if you had max health and you got health on top of that, you could work towards increasing your max health. Mm -hmm. But the game never explicitly stated that. Um, Monolith does the same thing, but it really imp improves upon it because, in my opinion, it's a lot clearer when you have max health and you pick up additional health. It, it makes that... Uh that system more clear, more visible. Yes, because it's a heart shape that appears and you realize, oh, okay, wait, I'm building up towards something. And you see like three little pips that are mm -hmm. that are in the shapes of hearts right next to your max health. And if you get four of them, it increases your max health by one. That mm -hmm. is a simple system, but that change is really great. It communicates it very clearly to the player. And I, I really enjoy that mechanic. Well, what I like about it is because it addresses something that has bothered me in other games, mm -hmm. and it's like, when you have a system like this, both in Downwell and in Monolith, it really feels like you you don't get to waste any health ups. All of them contribute towards something. Yeah. Either they heal you, or they help you make help make you more resilient for the future. And that's a great feeling of like, if I get the health ups, they're useful even if I don't get hit because mm -hmm. I can save them up for yeah, later. Exactly. It, it you're never wasting any of the health. So, I myself, being someone who thinks about the game a lot in this kind of gameplay focused mm -hmm. manner, I had many many options in front of me that I was aware of, and so I had a tough time just picking three to talk about. And I'm sure. There'll be another episode in the future where we'll talk about even more of these. But for now, I'm going to pick one right now, and that is bomb regeneration. Mm -hmm. to, to be clear, bomb regeneration is this mechanic in Monolith wherein if you have, by default, less than two bombs in your inventory as you clear rooms, you regenerate bombs. And it's a very simple... Again, it's a very simple system, mm -hmm. but it really changes the way you play the game because you are incentivized to use bombs because you get them back for free. All you have to do is clear a few more rooms and you have bombs yes. again. Once players understand you get bombs for free, you you don't have to hoard them. You, you are incentivized to use them actively, proactively. That really improves survivability a lot more. You are way more likely to find secrets mm -hmm. when you're using them often. Mm -hmm. I would say, though, that historically, bomb region as a mechanic 
has been has had a problem with making it clear to players what is happening, right? We were talking about how uh, Monolith took the uh, mechanic from Downwell of like taking health ups when you're healthy increases your max mm -hmm. health and it made it much clearer. Mm -hmm. Monolith with Bomb Region kind of has this issue where like it's not really clear or obvious or does not draw enough attention to it. It is very often that new players will not have any idea that this is something that's in the game. Yeah, no, I, I definitely didn't know that. I didn't realize that very quickly when I started playing the game. And I remember actually um, you watching me play the game once and specifically telling me, hey, why aren't you using your bombs? Because coming into Monolith, I had that instinct to hoard my bombs, right? I was like, I don't want to waste these. I got to save them for the boss. You know, I got I to gotta mm -hmm. save them for when I really need them. And I remember you telling me like, no, you have to use them. You get them back. What are you doing? You're, you, you've gone through so many rooms without <laughs> using a bomb. You could have gotten, you could have used those bombs and gotten two back again already. So I, I, I appreciate that part, that aspect of the mechanic as well, that it, it encourages you to, you know, not sit on a giant horde of bombs, but to use them constantly. I hope I wasn't as, you know, curt as that, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if I was. No, you were, uh, you were being very helpful. Again, once this is a mechanic that once the player is aware of it, mm -hmm. it really improves their survivability and you start to develop a strategy. It's like, how do I use my bombs mm -hmm. instead of just setting on them? Yes. Hit us with another, Malachi. The next mechanic I want to talk about is the upgrades mechanic. So mm -hmm. we named our podcast after the upgrade terminals. We sure did. So that's not a coincidence. We, we like the upgrade terminals. I mm -hmm. think that there's just like a visceral thrill to seeing and entering a monolith upgrade terminal. And mm -hmm. um, when I compare it to Downwell and Nuclear Throne, two games that I think are their upgrade system is very similar to Monolith, um, I think Monolith improves upon it. Um, Downwell is just, you know, you get an upgrade in between each level. A Nuclear Throne mm -hmm. is better, in my opinion, in that you're collecting uh basically nuclear waste and once you get enough of it you can mutate um which is mm -hmm. thematic and it makes a lot of sense but n none of those neither of those upgrade systems are as thrilling to me as the monolith one and so i think just the fact that you enter that terminal you get the boom you get the you get the uh the arms coming down over your ship it's just so satisfying it's a mechanic that they borrowed from other games, but I, I just I think it's executed so well here. Well, I think another thing I would like to point out is that both in Downwell and in Nuclear mm -hmm. Throne, the upgrade is something that you do as you transition between levels, yes. right? It is in this, you have the short little break time and like, oh, by the way, you get an upgrade. In Monolith, you enter the upgrade terminal and you see the arms extending and then they slam shut and then the entire screen goes dark and you hear this ominous drone and you're presented with this very stark interface. Mm -hmm. And it gives the sense of like, you are tapping into the power eternal a little bit mm -hmm. when you're doing this. It is not a coincidence that at the very end, when Null acquires the power eternal, it is also an upgrade terminal yeah. that gives you the power eternal. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
yeah, it just ties in thematically in a way that's very, very effective. Well, as it so happens, I also have a mechanic that I like partly because of its thematic, uh, I guess, connotations, mm -hmm. and that is the Council Blessings. Yeah. So, sometimes on floors you will come, come across a reliquary, and in it are two statues of two different council members. Now, mm -hmm. the council just requires a, an entire episode on its own that will almost certainly get yeah, to we'll someday. talk about them someday. So, yeah, yeah, but each of the seven mage, mages of the council offers you their blessing. It, it, the blessing of earth, of frost, of storm, of flame, abyss, sight, or enigma. Wow, that's impressive that you just listed those out. <laughs> I have spent a lot of time memorizing a lot of different monolith things. <laughs> and I like that you are imbued with this power that can potentially affect your run. I'm not going to mince words. I think some of them are better than others. I think Blessing of Storm is way more powerful than, say, Blessing of Flame. Mm -hmm. But my point is not to make sort of numerical comparisons in this podcast. But part of the reason why I like it is I like the feeling of, like, you are borrowing some of the power and some of the magic of the council that is responsible for all this. Like, you're, in a sense, using a little bit of what they mastered mm -hmm. to aid you on your quest even if the quest is ultimately uh ill-advised yeah well and i think the blessings also really work well to change up the way um your a run is going right i mean mm -hmm. a lot of them directly impact the way you're playing the game they kind of enter the calculus of that run right like okay what what blessing do i have and how do i play to that blessing strengths and I, exactly. I really like how that that shifts the gameplay because it can be it can take mm -hmm. a run that wasn't very exciting and suddenly flip it on its head and you're like okay, I'm, I'm reinvigorated. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. I have been blessed by the council, yes. <laughs> but better not waste the good fortune. Yes, I'll mention another another mechanic that I enjoy, um, mm -hmm. which is also one that I compare to Downwell. Also one that I believe the dev said was inspired by Downwell, but again, I'll have to go check the uh, the notes on that one. But I remember reading a interview with Moppin. I tried to find it before the podcast, but I could not find it. Uh, Moppin is the developer of Downwell, where someone asked him, uh, the interviewer had obviously never played Downwell before, but was interviewing him about it, Ooh. which made <laughs> me cringe reading the the interview, but they said, is there a starting weapon you would recommend for players of, down of Downwell? <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, there is no starting weapon. I mean, there is a weapon you start with, but you're always changing weapons in Downwell because when you change weapons in Downwell, you get either more charge for your gun boots or more health. So you can heal yourself by changing weapons. And we see the same mechanic utilized in Monolith. And when you swap a weapon, you get health, you get debris, which is the currency. And I love this so much, Nick, because when you're encouraged to use different weapons, 
it's always changing how you play, just like we just mentioned with the blessings. You know, uh, if I have a, a rail gun, I'm going to be handling a room a lot differently than if I have a fireball or runic. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, trying to manage your ammo and then swapping weapons frequently so you can get that health and you can get the debris. I just, I love that. It's, it's something that I'm always thinking about when I'm playing and it keeps it really exciting. And also, um, you know, Moppin's advice when that interviewer that never played his game before asked him about what weapon to use, he said, you should get good at using all of them. (laughs) And I think that advice Mm -hmm. is true for Monolith as well. Like, and I think the the better you know the weapons and the more confident you are in using them, the more satisfying the game is to play. Because it's kind of like you, you know, you have each weapon laid out on your mental chessboard. And when you're familiar with those pieces, you can make a lot more confident moves and have a lot more fun uh, with what you're doing. Yeah. I feel like a valuable skill that I would recommend to a lot of players is to grow comfortable with wielding all manner of weaponry that the game offers mm-hmm. you. I'm not saying you have to like everything the game <laughs> throws your way. We we all get just weapons that are like, oh, thanks. But it is important that players at least m- become comfortable with the idea of like, I'll just use whatever comes my way. Mm-hmm. And you feel a lot better prepared for the encounters. And I want to make an to reference your earlier point, weapons have a far more immediate and palpable impact on gameplay than blessings do. Because the blessings are kind of, it's kind of a long-term goal. Like, okay, I have this blessing and this affects sort of the long-term planning of what I'm going to do. Like if I have Storm, I know that I'll have more drops in general. If I have Earth, I know I can get a lot of in shops. If I have Sight, it means I can avoid... I don't have to deal with as many bullets, but weapons are like very much, I have this, this is the primary tool that I have to interact with combat. And it makes a massive difference. And and that's why getting to know what the weapons are is so crucial to grow as a monolith player. Absolutely. You want to give us one more mechanic that you enjoy, Nick? And... <laughs> Following that theme, my my third mechanic out of the many I chose is Keyword Stones. Mm -hmm. It is Keyword Stones are an item that when you grab one, it gives your weapon plus 20% ammo. A small ammo refill is always appreciated. And you get to add one new keyword to your weapon. This is an item that I've always loved. And this is a an idea that I felt is just brilliant because it essentially allows you to customize and selectively improve your weapon, mm-hmm. which is, again, as we said, the primary means by which you progress through the facility. And I think it is a mechanic that ultimately rewards the players who are familiar with the weapons and all of their keywords and how they interact. Mm-hmm. Because if you know... What goes well with what, then you can assemble an incredible weapon that can just really get you steamrolling. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's also it's satisfying to either buy or acquire a keyword stone, and then get that keyword that you want 
you know, and slowly mm -hmm. click them into place. And weapons can hold a, a max of four keyword stones. Once you get one that has all four, especially if it's one that you've custom built, it's so satisfying. Mm -hmm. In a sense, it's kind of like building your own kind of makeshift artifact weapon. Yeah. And I feel like that is such a, it's such an empowering feeling when you assemble your own weapon of mass destruction <laughs> and you know that all of the pieces fit in to create something spectacular. Yeah. Well said. I agree. Nick, let's take a moment to speak to mechanics that we'd like to see added in the future to mm -hmm. the game. I'll try and keep this mm -hmm. brief. I have a, I have a quite a few bullet points, but I'll just be brief about it. Number one, uh, Steam leaderboards. They're a pain to implement. I'm well aware, <laughs> but I am a, I am the sort of person that appreciates competition, and I would, I would enjoy a venue to, you know, to a, a means by which to have that competition. Sure. Uh, one more, th uh, another thing that I would really like is some manner of co-op mode. Oh, that would be amazing. I, I want some way of playing either, to, either cooperatively or even competitively. I just want there to be some way in which two players can directly play with each mm -hmm. other. That would be just like fantastic. Uh, I would like there to be an in-game room editor. Mm -hmm. Now, creating custom rooms is something that has technically been possible for a while, if tediously, but I feel like this is something that should ultimately just be part of the game. Like, rooms play such a big part of the monolith experience, mm -hmm. and I feel like it would be fantastic if people can just, with all the convenience... With as much with as much convenience as possible, just like here, you can make your own rooms, you can play around, mm -hmm. just have fun. That would bring a lot to the community because you'd you know you'd see players start sharing if there was a way to share them, like hey, check out this room I made, and that mm -hmm. could be super fun. Oh yeah, I I would love that, and. I would also just like something like sandbox mode, wherein like you can just not in an actual run, but just as a just to play around with. You can just summon any weapon, any keywords, cards. Just basically, just kind, just be able to edit the game and just play around with things. Mm -hmm. That's just for fun, and also just to sort of help verify, you know, well, this is good, this is this is effective, and such and mm -hmm. such, and. One last thing I'll mention, again, because who I am, I would like some more extra achievements. <laughs> I would just feel I just I just like having this little checklist of tough things to do. I'm like, yes, I've done that mm -hmm. too. Well, there's a lot of tough things you've done in Monolith that they should probably make achievements for because you you could already add some achievements to your list. <gasps> yeah, but <laughs> I've I've already talked about that in the discord server so i won't harp on about it anymore yeah. what about you malachi what would you like to have added just three things that i thought of um the first is um i 
have a son who started playing Monolith recently. And mm. uh, I know I could, you pointed out that I could just, you know, delete my, move my save file and then move it back and replace it. But it would be kind of neat if I didn't have to do that and you could have multiple save files. Mm. I would want to do that just because I want to keep my main save file that I played for a long time and I have lots of debris that I'm never going to spend. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, but, and, but then also be able to start a new game. I think that'd be fun. And then if you do have other people playing in your household, it's always nice to have that multiple save file function. Yeah, I agree. Another thing that I think would be neat is additional branching paths in a run. So Spelunky, well, Spelunky 2, which I played more than Spelunky 1, is my main inspiration behind this thought. Um, Temple, the Temple game and Monolith is already functions this way, right? It's kind of a different route you can take. You can even end a run with Temple. Mm -hmm. I think it'd just be really fun if Monolith had one or two more branching paths maybe the crawler kingdom, just putting that out there. And <laughs> the third, um, this is actually something that was inspired by Splatoon. I didn't realize that until this very moment when I'm, I'm looking at the show notes here and I'm like, huh, that I, this idea comes from Splatoon. So if we could drink some sort of beverage before a run, I think that would be awesome. So let me explain if there was like a little bar of sorts, um, somewhere in the hub, right? Maybe there's another room in the hub. You can go over there. You know, you can order a coffee or an orange juice or a green tea or whatever. And those different beverages could have status effects that would impact you for the duration of your next run. You know, so maybe mm -hmm. um, orange juice would make it so you use less ammo or coffee would make it so uh, your dash recharges faster or whatever it is, right? Um I think that that would be pretty fun. And I think that it would fit with the theme of, uh, I think it would fit in with the game because we know Noel likes to drink coffee. D13 likes orange juice. It also gave us something to spend all this money on that would keep accumulating. Exactly. That's a great point, Nick, because we do. <laughs> People who've been playing Monolith for years have accrued a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Try as I might, I can't withdraw any of it to my banking account, but <laughs> I haven't given up completely yet. <laughs> uh. well thanks so much for listening to our monolith fan cast if you have ideas of mechanics you'd like to see added to the game please let us know on our discord and let us know the mechanics you enjoy as well uh, we want to say thank you again to arc of dream aka garros law for allowing us to use his music and sound effects in this podcast you should check out both of the Monolith soundtracks available on his Bandcamp, both the base game and the relics of the past soundtrack as always, if you have any comments or suggestions for the show, please reach out to us on our Discord server, and we will post that server link in the show description. There you'll find fellow pilots to talk with and discuss the show. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us next time. This is what you came for, isn't it? So be it. So be it.